when things are broken around your house, how they get fixed. I, I don't know, you know, I, uh, it, the first thought comes to my mind, I used to drive up and, I still drive up and down Garfield Road, and uh, about 10 years ago, I noticed a gentleman was building a, uh, was making stonework on a chimney, and I watched him for 10 years get this thing. You know, it's like, <laughs> it wasn't done. It was almost done. It wasn't done. Anybody know the place? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I was driving down um, uh, Garfield Road one time with a friend of mine, Rick McMahon, and he, he's a real estate guy, and he said, and I said to him, he says, man, I wish he, you know, I would even, I'd go up there and hold the rocks if he'd just finish it. And he says, yeah, and he's speaking about his wife, Julia. He says, yes, that would work for me for about two weeks. I'd come home one day, and there'd be two men on the roof fixing it. Now, I don't know how things get fixed around your house uh, when something breaks, um, whether you call a repairman or if you're, if you're really, really handy uh, or if, if, if you're like me. I mean, I don't consider myself particularly handy, uh, but I do believe I'm as smart as the average bear. I mean, does anybody remember that? <laughs> Smarter than the average bear, yogi, right? And, uh, you know, and given the right information, well, I found if, if given the right information, and uh, uh, multiple trips to Home Depot, <laughs> and enough time, I can get almost, I can figure out almost anything. I'll, I'll fix almost anything that's, that's out there. It's just, you know, and, and whenever I fix it, I'm my wife's hero for the moment. <laughs> At least I think I am. I, I don't know. I, it's like, yeah, oftentimes I'll, I'll bring the broken thing out that I repair and say, see? Oh, by the way, I fixed this thing, you know, just, just to get some strokes for my wife. Um, but really, I'm not talking about, uh, what I want to talk about this morning is not really broken faucets, uh, washing machines, cars, trucks. You know, there are more important things that get broken uh, in, in our lives, right? Uh, hearts get broken. Um, bodies are broken through accident. Minds and spirits. People we love. Sometimes just hurting over some of the things that's happened to them in their life, okay? okay? Broken. Now, as, as, I, as, I think, as, I, as I relate about this passage, as I thought about this, this whole idea, I remembered that Romans 5 speaks uh, about how sin came into the world and spread its influence into every, every bit of creation, okay? I mean, it didn't, didn't just affect Adam and Eve and their, their offspring, and that was... That would have been horrific enough. But the scripture tells us that in Romans 8 that all of creation groans, waiting for the coming of, of Christ, waiting for the coming. That You might say that resolution, that peace that comes, that fix, that ultimate fixing. Okay? And so, um, in the last, in last week I talked about that, I said that God was always brought the solution to the situations. Yeah? Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I, talked, I, I said that we believe, the, the sermon was, we believe that God's not going to steer you wrong. That you have, uh, you can trust in the scriptures, the Bible that you have in your hand, okay? And, uh, and, and I, 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 you know, you can watch whatever you want to watch, but it's important that you get what, what you get uh, about God is good stuff, is real and rich stuff. And, and, I, and I said, okay, be careful about watching some things of that talk about the history of the Bible and all those things. And it's amazing, you know, there, there's good stuff in there, there's bad stuff in there, okay? 
But we believe that the Word of God is true, it's powerful, it's strong, and God won't steer you wrong. If you, if you follow God's Word, okay, you're going to be in good stead. I believe that. I believe that with all of my heart. Um, and it's usually uh, the mistakes I make, and you said, Pastor, do you make mistakes? Yeah. The mistakes I make are usually when I uh, knowingly or ignorantly uh, don't do what God says. Okay? Whether it's in relationships, whether it's with other people, whether it's, you know, it's when I am either, um, I want to do it my way, and it's somehow I'm, I've decided I'm not going to do what God says. That's where I usually kind of mess up. Anybody with me on that? Okay, all right. God speaks to us and gives us solutions to, the, to life's problems, and so, is, so it is today. Now, in, 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 and I love the stories that I find in the book of Luke. If you, if you turn with me to Luke 8, and it's, it should be up there by now, okay? Uh, if, the context here is that Jesus is traveling. He's working through and speaking. Uh, his ministry has, you know, it's, it's fairly, fairly early in his ministry. And he's going from place to place. And he's going from village to village and he's preaching, he's teaching. Not only is he preaching and teaching, he's healing people, okay? Now, uh, in, the, in, the ch- in, the, in the eighth chapter of, 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 of Luke, we find the, the parable of the sower. I mean, that's, that's a story in and of itself and we could spend some time there, but we won't. We also see another one of my favorite stories where, you know, that he crosses, crosses the land and encounters this guy who's demon-possessed to the degree that, that he said, well, who are you? Well, we're, we're legion because we're many. And that's where we find him, uh, find Jesus casting out, the scripture calls it, healing him from demons. Okay? He's casting out these demons and they go into the pigs and the pigs couldn't handle it. They run down, run down the bank, commit suicide in the lake and the, the people from the city come out and say, we don't want you here, you cost too much. Okay? You know, our pork production just, just bottomed out right now. You know? See, that's why I like these stories because there's real people, real situations and we see, but we see in each and every one of these something about God. And I want you to catch this. It's not just Jesus going, uh, no. Figure out, whenever you see God doing something, it tells, us, it tells you something about who he is and how he relates to you and to me. The fact that, that everybody else didn't, didn't mind leaving this demon-possessed guy out in, the, out in the boondocks, in the graves, screaming, cutting himself with stones, you know, what, what could they do? But Jesus made the trip over there just to deal with that one thing. It tells us something about God. And Jesus, we see in the, in the, in the, in the eighth chapter of Luke, we see Jesus fixing things. The truth is we see Jesus breaking the power that sin had over creation one life at a time. Now I want you to think about what I just said. What we see there is Jesus... Breaking the power that sin had over creation one life at a time. Because don't you know, and, and let, me, let me, this is not something I intended to say, but it, but it fits, that when, when, when Adam and Eve uh, disobeyed God, they allowed the dominion that God had given them. Remember, God had, had said, uh, said to Adam, you're over all the animals, you're over all the earth, you can name them what you want, etc., 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 
We see, theologically, we see that when, 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 when Adam disobeyed God, that dominion, that right, shifted over to, over to Satan. And sin, that, that you would have thought, well, that should have just affected Adam and Eve. It, 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 it destroyed so many things, the whole inner works. God's whole purpose in the world was, being, was, was tainted. It's almost... Kind of like that cake I ate at a uh, at a um, at a church dinner. Someone mistook salt for sugar. It changed everything. It looked right. It looked right. But it changed everything. And sin does that. You may not be able to see it, but it's there and it's affecting and afflicting all things. And it's affected all of creation. So we see, uh, if we step back and and, and look at the scripture and, 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 and we see the prophecies that talked about the coming of the Savior, the Messiah. We have, a, we have a, a tendency of thinking of that in terms of, of only the human soul. The scripture tells us he has come to undo the works of the enemy. Okay? So we see that, the, that the, since sin has affected all of humanity, not only humanity, but of all of creation, we see Jesus walking through, uh, through, through, through Galilee in this, these places, undoing, breaking the power of, of evil, breaking the power of sin, one life at a time. Okay, said that. All right, I like this passage, Luke chapter 8. And Jesus returned, and as Jesus returned, this is verse 40, the people welcomed him, for they had been waiting for him. Why? They'd heard about him. He'd been around, he'd been doing some, some pretty miraculous things. And there came, there came a man named Jairus, Jairus, and he was an official of the synagogue, and he fell at Jesus' feet and began to implore him to come to his house, for he had only one daughter, about 12 years old, and she was dying. But as he, as he went, the crowds were pressing against him. Now, catch this. Now, you, you got, I, I want you to, you to catch that he's doing something else. Jerry, uh, Jairus had come to him and said, look, I've got a 12-year-old daughter, she's dying. Please come. And so this surge, if you can picture in your mind, this surge of humanity moving with him in the direction of, of the synagogue or of this gentleman's home. Okay? Now, so, so and, and, and I don't know, you've, you've probably seen some of the, the, the crowds where, uh, I, I remember years and years ago, uh, how some religious leaders would be in a, in a place and everybody's reaching out to touch them. Right? And I get that picture as they moved along, reach, there, there were people crowded all around him trying to touch Jesus, trying to get close. And it says, and a woman who had a hemorrhage of tw- for, for 12 years and could not be healed by anyone came up behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak and immediately her hemorrhage stopped. 
Jesus said, Who is the one who touched me? And while they were all denying it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowded and pressing in on you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. The truth was, everybody was touching him. But something special had happened, something different had happened, and Jesus sensed it. Someone did touch me, for I was aware that power had gone out of me. When the woman saw that she had not escaped notice, she came trembling and fell before him and and, and declared in the presence of all the people the reason why she had touched him and, and how she had been immediately healed. And she said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. And while he was still speaking, someone came from the house of the synagogue official saying, Your daughter has died. Do not trouble the teacher anymore. You read through that and you find that He healed the baby too. Okay. It's good stuff. I love it. Now, Mark tells a similar, he he tells the same story but in a similar way. Uh, The woman, let me me read his account of the woman. He said, and and as Jesus was going off, a large crowd was following and pressing in on him. This is Mark 5. A woman who had a hemorrhage for 12 years and had endured much at the hands of many physicians. I think that gives us a little bit better picture of what what she was going through. Had endured much at the hands of many physicians. I mean, leeches, probably bleeding, who knows? You know, elixirs. After hearing about Jesus, she came up into the crowd behind and touched his cloak. For she thought, if I just touch his garments... I will get well. And immediately the flow of the blood was dried up and felt, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that affliction. Powerful story. I like that. Now, if we want to look at this, this thing, when I, when I approach a passage of Scripture like this or I po- approach the story, there's a, a bunch of things I, I want to ask. I said, and, and this is how I learn. I try to get into the head or into the mind of the person. Because, you know, let's, let's not just put a, put, a, put a halo on all these people and, and send them off into some type of a medieval picture. Okay? These are people. These are real people with real issues, real problems. And if, if you don't believe that the same things people, that, uh, the same things we struggle with are the same things that people struggled with uh, a thousand years ago, just read the Bible. You will find that humanity, nothing, nothing, there's nothing new under the sun. Except maybe an iPod. Or something like that. We're, but when we're talking about humanity and their needs, and, their, and fulfillment of their needs, and how their mind works, and how their heart works, and what they, what, where they're going and where they're coming from, it hasn't changed at all. Styles come and go. Hairstyles, what we think is cool, comes and goes. But the human heart does not change, nor does the need. So we see in this woman, we see a desperate woman, right? Now why in the world was she so desperate? I mean, it's it's kind of hard today because you say, well, okay, you can get go go to the doctor, get blood fortifiers. They can do a CAT scan. They can, you know, right? They can find out where this, 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 this seepage is. They'll go in there. They'll, they'll carterize that or whatever it is that they need to do. You know? Uh, in fact, today is so, it may even be outpatient surgery. In this morning, in the afternoon, you're, you're resting at home, right? Not so. The woman was desperate. 
Think about this. She's bleeding every day. Some of you know what anemia feels like. Weak all the time. Tired all the time. She's desperate. She was separated from her family in worship because the Levitical law said that if you're, you know, they, they talked about the lady who was on their period. If during the time of the period, you're, you're, un, you're supposedly unclean. You're supposed to stay away from worship and all the other things, various contacts. And the same was true if it just kept on and on and on. I don't know how long. How many, and, and the people who knew her. She couldn't participate in some of the family gatherings. She had to keep her distance. I don't know. It's not only was she weak, but her heart was probably a little bit broken. Wondering, you know, and looking, looking upon the things that, that many people took for granted, knowing she could not participate, either because she was weak, in a weakened condition, or because the religious, uh, the, the mornings and the laws of the day said no. Whatever the reason, she was on the outside and looking on the inside, wishing that she could be there. Now, I don't know. It may not be an issue of blood for you. But it may be sin. It may be other things that somehow have put you on the outside looking in. And you're wondering how and maybe can God move in me? Can he change the circumstances that I find myself in and reunite me and give me peace and give me strength and and, and the kind of things that I need? It doesn't have to be an issue of blood, does it? But there was no doubt a longing in her heart, a desperate woman, weakened daily, separated by family. And now this, this will tell you how important it was to her. It says she spent everything she had. She spent everything she had. She was out of options. She had spent everything she had, used all of the resources that she had. She heard. And you know what? Here, here's a desperate woman. She'd risk it all. Because if she was found where he was and among those people, now this is a crowd. She was supposed to, unclean, supposed to keep away from people. It was a stoning offense. Yeah. Like it or not, you could get hit with a rock. And hit again and again and again. Until the life fell out of you. She, yeah, she, yeah, the thing is, desperate. She didn't care. She just came in. And she... I can see her. The crowd's pressing in, you know? Everybody trying to get to Jesus. Now, and she's, she's trying to be stealthy. <laughs> she's sneaking. And she's working her way through the crowd. Yeah? And I can just see her reaching, just like, hoping that somebody wouldn't recognize her. Because the people who recognized her knew her problem. And knew she wasn't supposed to be there. If I could just get in there. If I can just get in there. And I could see her moving through this and being pushed back and going forward a little bit more, getting a little closer, getting a little closer, and finally reaching out at perhaps arms like, I don't know, and touching, the scripture says, the hem of his garment. And immediately, immediately. Now this, this is what blows my mind. Immediately. Jesus wasn't looking in her direction. She hadn't had a conversation with Jesus. She wasn't one of his disciples. She wasn't on his board of elders. She was a complete unknown. 
and she risked it all. And she was healed the touch. Now, I like this, that Jesus responded to the touch even though he wasn't aware of it. Okay, he was aware that power had gone out from him. Now, catch this, and I don't know how much, or even if, if this woman was even con- connected these things. Maybe it was for our sake that this story is here. We, we find in Malachi, as the, pa- the fourth chapter of Malachi, that's probably up there, the fourth chapter of Malachi, it's a, it's a prophetic, uh, uh, it's a, it's a prophetic uh, uh, piece uh, talking about the Messiah. And let me just read some of it here, not all of it. For behold, the day is coming, burning like a furnace, and all the arrogant and every evildoer will be as chaff. And the day that is coming will set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts. Kind of typical Old Testament stuff, right? right? Fire, brimstone. So that, so that it will leave them, the, 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 the ablaze will leave them neither root or branch. But for you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in its wings, and you will go forth and skip about like calves from the stall. Now catch this, and, and at first you might think, well, what in the world is he talking the, the Son of Righteousness will heal with, will rise with healing in his wings. Now let me just share something with you that many of you probably know. And, 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 and when Dr. Allen was here just some time ago, he shared some things like this. That, you know that, that you've seen people wear a prayer shawl? Okay? It's called a tallet. You know? Uh, it was a male garment. Even though, I, you know, even though sometimes women will, will wear, wear them now, but it was a male garment. All men wore that. They had the crown of the garment would go up here. It was, a, it was a shawl. And then they had these fringes that came off. The, the, the corners of it, called, they, were, they were called zitzits. I, I don't even know if I pronounced that right. But T-Z-I-T, Z-I-T, something like that. Now, there was, they were braided in a certain way. Those represented, that, not only did that represent the law. You know, they're Jews, remember? It's the law, the Torah, all of these things. Also represented the authority that they had as men. Okay? All right. I don't know if she put two and two together. If she was a, a person of faith. You know, she, she obviously was a person of faith. She was a person of desperation. But perhaps, perhaps she wasn't clued in, but we are. That this prophetic utterance said that he will rise with healing in his wings. That part of the, that part of the, of the cloak was called the wings. <laughs> and so when she reached up and touched the, the, the wing, the hem, the zitzit, the garment, Healing flowed. Healing flowed. And we see it today. We see it then. We see it today. Now, you know, here's a couple things. I'm not going to be long because I want to pray for people today. What's this tell us about God? If you, this, this story, this whole thing, you know, this woman who could have been, would have been stoned under other, other circumstances, Jesus healed her. Well, what's it tell us about God? That God I, I looked at this, that God is compassionate toward the people who are sick and hurting. 
as I read through the, cha- the eighth chapter of, of the book of Luke, I find that Jesus is healing everybody who comes to him. Even Jairus said, when he came to him, said, look, I've got this thing at home. I can't even bring it around the house. Jesus was willing to go there and heal. We found that even, and it was even cooler then because it was, you know, by the time he got there, she was dead. And he raised her from the dead. What else does it tell us about God? That he is responsive to our call. The Bible tells us many of the problems that we have is that we have not because we ask not. We find that he's responsive to, to our call. You know, when when Jairus, came, Jairus came to him, he, he just went in that direction. You'll find throughout the scriptures where, where the blind men there say, Oh, son of David, have mercy on us. Son of David, have mercy on us. The lepers, the blind, all who came to him. He healed them. He had compassion. He had time for them. And here's the one I really like. That it's about God. That faith always moves him. Okay? Faith always moves God. Now, when, when, when he turned to the woman, and she found that she had been caught, I guess. She had been seen. And then she told everything because she couldn't hide herself. He said, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. I mean, remember, he didn't even look it in her direction. She came up behind him, got a hold of it, and was healed. <laughs> Saying to yourself, if I can just touch his garment, I'll be whole. I don't think it's about going out and getting garments and saying, touch the garment, touch the garment. This is about faith in God. It's not about what kind of oil that I put on someone's forehead. It's not about how I do that. It's about that connection. It's about people saying, I need God. We see desperation. We see faith. And someone said, well, well, I don't feel like faith. I don't know that faith has a feel. Faith is about faith and loving and all those things are about what we decide to do. That's why we look in the book of James. And this is further down the road and we, we find... This passage about healing, he says, this, this fifth chapter, verse 13, says, if, is there anyone among you suffering? Then he must pray. Is anyone cheerful? He, he is to sing praises. If, if, uh, if, is there anyone among you sick? Then he must call for the elders of the church, and they, they are to pray over him, anoint him, him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up, and if he's committed any sins, they'll be forgiven him. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Now, there's a lot of passages in the scriptures on healing. There's a lot of teaching on healing. Let's be, let's be real simple here. I think it's, it's, it was simple for the woman. If I can just touch God, I know I'll be whole. Okay? If I can just reach out and touch him, I'll be whole. I told you at the beginning of this, this, little, this message that broken things, Jesus fixes broken things. And, and we, when we think of healing, oftentimes we think about afflictions, you know. You know, we, there was a little boy. <laughs> I don't know the full story. 
But the story came to me earlier in the week, and I know there were a lot of people involved in this. A little, little boy named Griffin. And the first story was that they're gonna, he's, I think he's two years old, right? And he's got a cancer in his leg, and they're going to take it off. Now, I know there were prayer groups and Bible studies and people praying. We prayed. We brought somebody here on Wednesday night. We anointed them with oil. We prayed. We said, God, just take it out. Just, just, God, take care of this baby. I get, I get a great, great email saying, guess what? Glory to God. I'm not sure. I'm, I don't know all the, all the details of it, you know. Rhonda could tell us. Family could tell us. But this little boy's out of, I believe he's out of the woods. Oh, yeah, she says. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. See, and so it's, and, and, and of course, the, unfa- the faithless will say, okay, God had nothing to do with that. Okay, let me tell you something. God still heals today. God hears our prayers. It's not just a physical healing. Sometimes it's a mental, it's emotional. God, my heart is broken. God, my, you know, I'm, I'm sick here. God, uh, there's some things going on in my life that, that, have to do with, that have to do with unforgiveness, and I just can't get over it. There's some things in my life that really need to be fixed, and they're way beyond my reach. God, what I see here in the Scripture is that Jesus has the answers, and he heals. Now, there's no... Pastor Blair doesn't heal. God heals. But he told us to confess to one another, to pray for one another. And you know what he tells us to do? He says, is there anyone sick among you? You go call for the, the, the elders of the church. You know, isn't that kind of what the woman did? I'm going after this. She didn't wait for someone to kind of pull a crystal ball up and say, oh, sister so-and-so is sick. We've got to go pray for her. No. If I'm sick, I need to call for the elders of the church. I need to step forward in faith. That's faith. To do what the Word of God says is an act of faith. Isn't it? Especially when, well, I'm in this big crowd. What will they think of me? <laughs> And like I said, some, some illnesses, some, some, some broken things can't be seen from the outside, can they? But God knows. Stand with me. Musicians, if you'll come. You might say, does Jesus still heal? The Bible tells us, and Jesus says this, I am the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus still heals today. Jesus still heals today. Oh, I know that one day I don't care. It doesn't matter if, you know, I, I, you know we may even be raised from the dead like rat Lazarus, but one day we're going go, go to go to another place. Okay? We understand that. But He gives us He makes healing of our minds, our hearts, our spirits, our bodies available to us. But the answer, we have to seek the answer in Him. I want to, the elders are going to come. 
They're going to stand behind you. And this, this is a, we're doing, we're, we, want, we want this to be a healing service. Do you want him? Do you want healing for whatever it is? Jesus is the healer. And his word is either, either true or it's not. I've seen him work, and I know his word is true. I would invite you if, you, if you need some kind of a healing, whether it's physical or something else on the inside, whether it has to do with relationships or something else that's broken. Others may not even know what that is. Probably don't. It's probably better that they don't. It's between you and God. That's okay. I think he's up to this. He said he was. And we go to him, we come to him this morning. We come to him this morning and said, Jesus, I need healing. I need your touch. I need your healing. Please, if that's you, don't leave, don't, don't, don't miss this opportunity. Come, come and stand here in front of, front of this, uh, one of these, these, these kneelers. And what I would want you to do is, is close your eyes and look to him. Look to him and reach out to him if you will. All across here. And uh, what I would want of those who would, who would stay behind, please don't leave just because you think the service is over. I want you to, I want you to pray. I want you to worship God. You know, the, the, the Bible, the Scripture tells us that God's presence is in the praises of His people. So if you're back there, one of the things you can do, you can pray for the people who are standing here. Or worship, worship. Reach out to God and tell Him you love Him. Lift your voices and sing. Praises to the Most High God. Let Him do that. Let's worship. Let's worship. Hallelujah.